Hey, Sabri. What should we do on today's podcast? The same thing we do every podcast, James. Try to save the world. It's Aubrey and James. It's Aubrey and James. One is a jock. The other plays games. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to episode three of Two Fools Save the World. It is today, uh, April 7th, 2020, as we are all sitting at home in quarantine. Uh, We are lucky enough to have our good friend, co-host, buddy, Sabri. He was kind enough to actually lend his expertise. So we put on social media, uh, both his and my own, uh, any questions that anybody may have regarding coronavirus, any concerns, any questions. Uh, Sabri has been kind enough to give his expertise on the matter of the questions that people are asked. A little disclaimer, though, we are not doctors, obviously. Sabri is in the healthcare profession. So all these that we're talking about is kind of best practices from what's out in there uh if you really want to know certain things we recommend you know just do your own research till you feel better i just want to say thank you for saying i'm your co-host it wasn't your first thought as you said i'm your buddy again but you know hey buddy was the last thing that i said i added buddy in there just to have it (laughs) at least at least uh co-host was second so uh yes i am the co-host um and before we get started Little little funny thing about this social media, and just so the people out there know who who is speaking, I I did post it on my social media, and literally almost no one took me serious because I joke around so much that uh, everyone's kind of laughing. Like, yeah, you're the one that's gonna give us advice, and it's not advice. I'm just informing people of what I see because I'm in places where most people are not in this particular situation. But I did find it hilarious that um, I built the reputation that I'm a I'm kind of a jokester where no one's gonna take me serious anyways. But but I am doing this for friends, family, whoever's listening, just to to give you guys some information. I mean, the same with mine too. I have a well, both you and I have a history of kind of being a jokester and whatnot, though. And I think you literally look on my Facebook page, you'll see maybe a serious post. Uh, maybe like a quote or something, and then three or four dick jokes about that, and then after that, going back to serious post. <laughs> yeah, but uh, special thank you to all the the healthcare workers out there that are still in the front lines and and showing up to work. I know a lot of doctors and nurses get credit, so I'm gonna give a special thank you out to the X-ray techs, CT techs, the EVS, the laboratory techs and the respiratory therapists because uh, they're not really mentioned. Sometimes they're more in the front lines than these nurses and doctors. So thank you to all of you guys for just showing up and doing your job. Yep, much love to all the healthcare professionals out there dealing with this shit and fighting in the front lines. With that said, are you ready for some questions? Yep, let's, uh, let's start this. For future reference, if anybody wants to ask a question, not just uh, about corona but for future episodes and maybe even topics you want to give out f- just for us to you know shoot your shit about if you go to anchor uh slash or anchor pardon me anchor.fm slash two fools podcast there's a way to enter a message and then you can actually ask us a question or uh if you follow us on social media we can see your messages there and answer anything or just you know maybe give us a topic to talk about yeah, there's no such thing as a foolish question, but we'll give you some foolish answers, that's for sure. you damn right. <laughs> All right. 
but going into it, this is I know this is kind of more of a serious podcast or whatnot, answering these questions though. But again, uh, just we're gonna try to give as much information as possible. And just with that said, going into question number one, what should I do to prevent catching COVID nineteen? So the main things is just be careful, be cautious, wash your hands constantly. Um, hand sanitizer does help. Heat and friction helps also. Do not touch your face. Please don't touch your face. Don't be that person. Wear a mask in public. It's not a airborne, but you don't need people um, sneezing on you. Also, um, if you have a mask on your face, you're less likely to touch your face. So those are just kind of some simple things just to help prevent um, catching it. Touching doorknobs and all that, just after you touch pretty much anything, just clean it in the house and clean your hands after because um, doing the little things is going to help prevent it. I find it funny. When I wear a mask, I feel like I touch my face more because I'm trying to adjust the son of a bitch to actually get it on just right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if you touch the mask, yeah, that's fine. Just touch the outside. and then uh, Because if you're in a public situation, the odds are it's not on your mask. If the mask is clean, but don't don't be. I've seen this already. I've been to Walmart. I've been to Target. Don't be the guy who wears gloves, and then touches something dirty, and then touches his keys, and then touches his wallet with the dirty glove, and then touches his face. And it's like there's no point in wearing gloves. It defeats the purpose because you just contaminated the gloves and you contaminate it yourself. So there is a proper way and reason to use uh, gloves. So. Uh, don't be that person that just touches everything. You might as well just not have him on at all. So for that, don't be me. <laughs> yes, don't be James. Don't so be I'm, a fool. <laughs> don't don't be a fool. Save the world instead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, so going on to question number two, and uh, this is a good question. If I'm feeling sick, when should I go get tested? Well, so the option for you to get tested, it's not really your choice. You should see a doctor. So the symptoms is going to start with probably a cough. And then it's going to be like a low to high grade fever. And then once you start having issues breathing, that's going to be the final, um, the final symptom where you should probably go in. Um, if you start getting a fever and you know you've been around somebody that does have the COVID-19 virus, then yeah, let's just be proactive and go in before that because um, there's a likelihood you could have caught it from that person. So um, if you have a, a fever and you know you've been around someone else that has it, then yeah, you should call a doctor. I'd say, so what would be the exact protocol? Because if you do have COVID-19, you obviously don't want to go to a public place like a doctor's office or anything like that where you can possibly either infect other people uh, so what would you recommend? Sir? people call a doctor? Is there a special place they go to get testing? I see all these like drive-through testings and whatnot throughout the United States or California. I'm not sure where they have it there, but what would you recommend for that? Yeah, either either of those are good. You could call them. Um, uh, most people have a family doctor. Um, you could give him a call, and, and if he thinks the symptoms are serious enough, he's just going to tell you to go to the ER. And then you go to ER, and they'll, they'll assess you and either admit you test you or tell you to go home so yeah and if you're lucky enough to have a drive-through where you could go get tested yeah why not why not find out if you have it or not but if you're feeling the symptoms of fever 
yeah, that's probably beyond the testing point. You should probably go into ER, and they're probably going to test you. Uh, kind of a follow-up question, but I know that actually is not on our list, though, but with the shortages as far as test kits, should you probably stray more onto not getting tested based on the number of test kits out there? Like, you don't want to be like uh, for a person who just happened to sneeze and think, oh, my God, I got fucking corona. Let me get a test. Right, so that's that's kind of what the healthcare is. Uh, first of all, screw you for uh, giving me a question, trying to stump me. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, um, that's something that the healthcare is going to decide. The healthcare professionals, when you get there, if you need a test or not. If if they if you go in and say, "Hey, I just sneezed a couple of times and I never sneeze ever," they're going to ask you follow up questions like, "Have you been around anyone? Do you have a temperature?" Because certain places do not have access to the kits. I know. It, it, the kits are coming out more frequently and they're catching up to the demand. So um, at some point, maybe they will test you on the spot for something like a sneeze. But as of now, they're not going to test you for that. It, you're going to have to have a better reason or, or they're going to have a better reason to test you. I mean, my head itching isn't a good test enough or a good reason enough to go get tested. Well, your head itching, I would probably say uh, go to Target and get some head and shoulder. <laughs> or if another part of me is itching, maybe even that. Anyways, moving forward, uh, the next question actually we kind of you kind of answered that already is uh, what the symptoms should I look out for? And you kind of covered that mild fever and whatnot. So unless you want to hit on any other no. topics for the symptoms no, side, I think we covered that. We could skip it. Cool. So the fourth question we have here: If I work outside a hospital, should I be concerned about catching COVID nineteen? Yeah. Work outside, play outside, do anything outside. Everyone should be concerned. If you follow what's going on in the world, um, Pan just did a state of emergency. Um, Spain, Italy is constantly going up. Um, we're not too sure about China, but if the information's right, if they're slowing down or not. But it's pretty serious. But yeah, definitely if you work outside, you want to take the same precautions as if you do work in at all and who cares if you look funny it only takes one to set a trend uh wear gloves wear a mask just uh, protect yourself because once this is over those people who laughed at you it doesn't matter still gonna be around just so you know that that what a what a trendsetter that i am uh, at my place i was one of the first people to i don't know what you would call it a, a gas mask or pesticide mask or whatever but i wear a full face mask and um the first day, everyone uh, looked at me. They laughed. They giggled. They called me Bane from Batman, which was kind of cool. A week or so later, you know, there, I've seen at least ten to fifteen people wearing it. So, so good for them for um, protecting themselves. I was thinking, was that one yet to had to you purchased yourself, or did the hospital supply that to you? No, no. This is something I purchased myself because at this point. You know, it's going to be a question later on, but at this point, you know, one don't of my li don't lie, don't lie. You know, you were bane for Halloween. You just had that. In the <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's my bane mask for Halloween. One of my coworkers, Alice, man, she's a sweetheart. She said it first. Uh, she 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 walked around in a a welding mask saying "My life matters," so she bought her own welding mask and she's covered up. So like, it just hit a note with me, and it's just uh, you know what. Like, 
I, I don't want to be so cheap where I don't take care of myself. So I'm putting me first. And even if I have to pay, I'm taking care of myself and my fellow coworkers. Like I bought goggles and stuff for them when I can. And if everyone's safe, then I'm safe. That's a good point as far as uh, taking care of yourself. And I think that's more the thing to take away from at least this question or this question that was asked. There's still people working today, uh, like uh, for the most part, the entire globe is shut down necessarily, like from just regular everyday shopping, like going out to the mall or anything like that, watching a movie, all that's closed essentially as of today, uh, April 7th of 2020. Only the essential workers are working, like you know, people in the healthcare profession, restaurants who's doing takeout only, or just mm-hmm. some of the other like electronic stores who sell technology. Uh, which you can't buy a webcam to save your life today if you didn't know. Like they have webcams and even like microphones and stuff that you got to do this podcast. Everything is sold out everywhere. Interesting. Is, I guess I got this at the right time then. You, you dig it at the right time. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, a coworker. Of I don't. Mine, I don't need a webcam though. I got a face made radio. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a coworker of mine hit me up and asked me like, you know, what's a good webcam to get? And I've sent her a couple of recommendations, which is funny because the other, uh, this is kind of going off topic though, but where everybody was actually upselling cleaning products as far as, uh, you know, your Clorox wipes, your hand sanitizers, where they were going for what you could get at the 99 cent store for a dollar going on 20 to $25 on Amazon or eBay. A generic webcam that was normally $25 to $30, I've seen go to $250 to $300 on eBay and Amazon. Wow. And wow. it's nuts. It, I almost want to be like, well, do I really need this webcam to sell it? But of course, I'm not going to do that. Uh, webcam or toilet paper? I don't know. Tough decision. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, which one can I wipe my ass with? I can show and wipe my ass, or I can actually wipe my ass. What do I, what do I want to do? Uh, uh, but going back, though, take care of yourself always be precautious because it's more you can't particularly count on somebody else to keep you safe you can only really count on yourself to be safe by doing the things get a mask wearing the gloves don't always think the person next to you is either gonna sanitize the area type of thing especially if you're working if you share a desk or anything like that if you're still in an environment that does that you know sanitize it down yourself wipe it down yourself don't trust another person for your own safety you know be in control of your life be in control of your own safety and make sure you take care of yourself this next question that we have going into question number five now how bad is COVID nineteen is the COVID nineteen situation right now in hospitals? So right now it's pretty bad. At least California speaking, we're getting there. We're not as bad as New York or other places on the East Coast, but it does seem like it's moving towards us. The hospital, one of the hospitals I work at, I don't know if it. It seems like we're just like the center for this because we are getting cases left and right. And these are no longer rule-outs. These are positive cases. So, um, and it seems to be uh, multiplying every couple days to every week. But it's 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 very, it's very bad, very bad. From my experience, when we first started talking a few weeks ago, I was, unfortunately, I was one of the first ones in the front lines to deal with the patients, hands-on. So. I would say we have one or two, and then a week goes by, and now we, we had a dedicated floor. ICU, we have three units um, dealing with it, and then we have three floors dealing with it. 
and expecting it to grow at, at some point it's going to be I guess the whole pretty much the whole hospital so it, it's bad so and it's draining it's crazy shit uh, especially some just some of the shit you hear like coming out of New York or coming out of like the uh, places like Seattle where you have uh, a lot of cases a lot of nurses and people speaking out and video that we had a you know a mutual friend of ours sent us a video of uh, New York and what it looked like I assume body bags of just people who passed away a lot that gets me is the bad situation and this is why I would never want to work in the healthcare field because I have to make like these decisions and stuff but like literally looking at you know people of saying you know he has a he or she has a better chance of surviving this than this other person so we're gonna you know focus on him versus you know the other one just gotta make him comfortable when to slip the time take its toll on that person that's the shit that gets me and that's the right. shit that like would affect me i can't speak for new york um i don't think we're there yet in california but i could definitely see that situation happening I mean, it, it happened. It has happened, though. It is currently like in Italy and China and places like that. Hopefully, California and the United States or other places here doesn't get that bad. I pray for that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, what age is COVID nineteen affecting? So, have the mindset that it's affecting all ages. That way, we could be on the side of caution. But I would say. 55, 50 and up, um, it's affecting them the most. The older you get, the more your body deteriorates, uh, the weaker your immune system is. And then it's also affecting uh, if you have like health issues, you know, uh, so hypertension, diabetes, stuff like that. That also takes effect of who it's affecting. But I personally have seen as young as age is uh, 20. So. So age is not uh, make you safe, you know? It could happen to anybody. I've heard of um, children getting it, but I don't know the full story. Their, their underlying health conditions were, but okay. so just, yeah, it could be anybody. So age is not safe. There was an article I read, I think it was about last week sometime, of a uh, three-week-old newborn was the first. I think she was the Youngest confirmed case of coronavirus, of confirmed coronavirus that a person had. And yeah. She, so the mother must have had it? I didn't read too much into it, though. I'm assuming she had it, uh, unless she contracted it some other way, but three weeks old. Crazy shit. I don't know if she had any underlying health issues either, but I mean, when you're first born, your immune system isn't as strong, anyways. Uh, you kind of yeah. like building it up, so it could be. And even as far as saying there's like an age that this affects. I wish the media, the mass media, didn't even start off with that because I think a lot of that is why we're in a situation today because we have so many people thinking it only affects old people, it only affects this person. They don't think they they have some type of like thinking they're immortal or some type of immortality to this fucking virus or they're immune to yeah, it that they can't that, get it. That, that's kind of like the era we've grown in. They're like we're in the selfish era, right? but. You know, it's, even if they are immune to it, you're going to bring it home to grandma and grandpa. Stop being assholes. You know, do it for them. <laughs> Keyword, don't be a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Keyword. Yeah. Well, I'm going into that. 
Uh, the next question, why is COVID-19 so deadly? So COVID-19, what I know so far, just talking to different types of reading up on it, it's basically a virus that's attacking your lungs. It's similar or, or not similar, causing um, ARDS, acute respiratory distress syndrome. And that pretty much just allows fluid to leak into the lungs. And I've seen it firsthand. It makes it whereas you take small, shallow breaths. It's hard to get that deep breath in. Feels tight. They feel pressure. They can't get that that breath. You know. So so that's why it's so deadly. It's because it's a virus that that's attacking your respiratory uh, um, system. Yeah, it doesn't sound. F- fun at all i mean i mean i've had bronchitis and stuff in the past and uh border borderline pneumonia and at least from i mean that sucked but it was you know livable like type of thing you can still function with Mm -hmm. it it's scary to have like not being able to like fully take a deep breath because a lot of times it automatically triggers like some type of claustrophobia where you know you just feel like you have to be able to take that deep breath and stuff and so i I, it's just fucked (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Moving on to the next question. Uh, Does COVID-19 stay in the air or on materials? So from what I heard, what does both to answer the air part? So there's small particles or micro particles. I heard they could stay in the air for to two to three hours. And this is all information that I've read or heard. So I don't know how true it is. But it makes sense. Like if they're small particles that nobody could see, then the air could just hold it up there. And it, the bigger particles fall to the ground and the smaller particles stay in the air for a couple of hours. Um, as far as materials, yeah, it stays. So what I read, WebMD and other places, like cloth and clothes, it could stay on your material for up to three hours. Then you're looking at metal five days plus if we remember that cruise ship um they said they tested it 17 days later and it was still there wood wood is about four days uh plastic is two to three days stainless steel is two to three days cardboard is about 24 hours copper is about four hours and then you have glass is like five days paper varies they've said anything for minutes to days with paper i guess it just depends on how active uh the good thing is um it hasn't seemed to stay on food so if you eat food it doesn't seem like it's surviving on it and once it enters your stomach the acid is supposed to uh burn the virus anyways so you should be okay with food the thing i just want to like focus on with the food in the grocery store even though you can eat the food, when you're touching the package you buy that someone else has touched, that's where the danger in the grocery store comes from. So you gotta be careful with uh, that. Just back to washing hands, not touching your face. And then water, um, it doesn't seem to be. So according to those sources, yeah, that that's how long it stays on. So of course it stays on there without any intervention between there obviously if you're sanitizing and wiping down and things like that that's what you know kills the virus necessarily especially right. like on hard surfaces and stuff and it's hard to do cloth but when, when i'm going around if i'm going out the second i come home uh once i go i first i go straight to the bathroom wash my hands obviously then after that 
I strip down butt naked. There's a visual for you. Throw all my oh, clothes and <laughs> throw all the clothes in the washer. I, like I probably washed more in one week's time than I've had in probably the last two years because I say I take off all the clothes, throw them in the washer, wash them right away to make sure you know I don't have any bit of like Corona just hanging out in the house. In, in the house. So is it safe to say your washer has been used for the first time in two years? Yes, it very much has. <laughs> <laughs> Like they, they have like a speed cycle on that some bitch and everything, dude. Like I didn't even know. Like you know, I was like, "What's yeah, all these cycles?" Started do? doing laundry five years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is fun. No, <laughs> okay, moving on to the next question: Are we really running out of ventilators? So, it's not that we're running out of ventilators. It's do we have enough ventilators? So far, our hospitals, my hospitals in California do have enough but that's because our situation isn't as serious as new york where they have to make that decision you were talking about trump made a bonehead comment saying that california and the west coast is hogging ventilators and we should donate them to the east coast in new york so they have them hey dipshit if we give them our ventilators we're not gonna so it's kind of like a common sense thing. Sometimes I wish he would just stop talking. But, yeah, as far as uh, ventilators, I could see how New York definitely does not have enough. But right now, for the most part, I think we're okay. But if the situation gets worse, um, which which it is expected to do this week and next week, um, I could see us not having enough ventilators. And we will have to make tough decisions. I uh, don't envy anybody who have to makes who have to make that decision. It kind of leads into a good transition on the next question: Are the hospitals short on supplies, or is this fake news? Fake news? No, it's definitely not fake news. We are short, so the standards are changing. Before this, you have to wear a mask every time you go in the room or leave the room. It changes. You throw it away. Well, it got to the point where we're wearing one mask for every patient for the whole day. Like, it's pretty ridiculous. They were not prepared for this. And I want to say the hospitals are hoarding, or not hoarding, but hiding some in case it gets worse, which they probably are. They're probably rationing it off wisely, which I can't be mad at for because if, if you don't have supplies, you don't have supplies. But it's to the point where we don't have enough wipes. We're, they're cutting wipes in half, and we're limited to like a bottle of wipes for out, throughout the, the area in a day. As far as the mask, like I said, we're sharing one mask. They are making more masks, so hopefully that will get fixed. But now we're running into a gown issue because we're, we, we're supposed to gown up. They're expecting us to use one gallon for one patient for the whole day. But it's like, that doesn't feel very safe or um, secure. I've seen in New York, they're wearing trash bags. That's how bad it got. Yeah, so supplies, no, it's not fake news. We are low. I give credit to all the healthcare workers that, that have the courage to, to do it because... It takes a special kind of crazy to walk into something where you know it's probably going to get you. With that, has the quality of health care changed? 
Yeah, for sure, it has changed. Um, it's kind of sad to say. It's it's just tough. You have to make. It's sad, but it's still the right decision, at least in my opinion. So you you are no longer gonna care you got before this virus because you know you have to take extra precautions. Because once the healthcare start getting sick and stop going to work, then everyone's going to be screwed. But but it's for sure changed. Um, rules have changed. So so we know that um, pressure. You this is a droplet. This is a droplet uh, virus. Um, so you're no longer getting normal treatments because breathing treatments through the pressure of the air gets pushed into or. The pressure of the treatment gets pushed into the air, and the air can seep through the mask, so it puts healthcare workers in danger. Um, BiPAP is no longer a normal standard. Um, BiPAP is um, a non-invasive ventilator, where the it's just a mask on your face, not a tube in your in your throat. Well, that's no longer being used because um, I'm going to quote my my coworker Armando. He, uh, he said it best. Putting a patient on BiPAP that has COVID-19 is like giving the virus a bazooka and it just shooting it at you. That's how much pressure is, is being um, pushed on that patient that could backfire at the healthcare worker. Like just kind of like food for thought, like a bazooka being shot at you where the virus could hit you no matter how far you are. So we're no longer using BiPAP we're going through closed systems where if there's a code you're not leaving the ventilator um, we're going to do the best we can uh, for the patient but we're also going to do the best we can to keep us safe definitely not the same a covid bazooka yes is that a, a covid zooka a covid zooka i don't know but but Can't... that was a great term he said i couldn't even can you imagine weaponizing some shit like that if we, if we get into war with some country like we do a, whatever that treatment's called and you just put that person out in the middle of like you know the war zone and have them fucking spray corona everywhere in the enemy oh man I, I'm pretty sure that's been done already <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah you know it has unfortunately been. this world is so bad I can't anyways going on to the next question and this is actually up there is some movement on this going into LA tonight that just got talked about but the CDC recommends wearing a cloth mask in public in public why should i wear a mask i think um just to wear a mask in public a cloth mask isn't going to do much for you if it gets soiled with it cuz like i said it's going to stay on that mask for 3 hours so you're going to have to instantly wash it or um, throw it away when you get inside. But that cloth mask might have just stopped it from hitting your lips or going in your mouth. So better something than nothing, especially in public. The, the odds are no one's trying to sneeze or spit on you, so it's going to be by accident. But have that mask just in case. In the hospital, I do not recommend wearing the cloth mask because it's not going to do anything for you. 
So there's been changes a lot since though, because originally back in the day, back in the day, meaning as of two weeks ago, that's how quickly uh-huh. things have changed. Uh, there was no recommendations as far as saying putting a mask on in public. They said really the mask isn't going to do anything for you. Now they recommend actually to wear a mask in public. So it's constantly changing day by day. Kind of like what you mentioned before is like as of being airborne initially. Yeah, wearing a mask I think in public is now that you know it can stay in the air for at least two to three hours. Like you said, wearing that mask is going to prevent it from actually going on your face or getting on you. They just announced L.A. Now it's mandatory if you work in Los Angeles County that you have to wear a mask and gloves if you are working in L.A. County. Before, it was just kind of recommended and people kind of did it just for, you know, their own personal well-being or just ease of mind. Now, if you're working, you're required to. Good, good. Better late than never. Actually, it was better to do it earlier, but whatever. We're slow, I guess. Here's a good question for you. Do you feel the healthcare professionals are appreciated? Hmm. I'm going to say this. No and yes. Normally you would say yes and no. But I'm going to say no and yes. Because when this first started, everybody was in me, me, me mode. They didn't really think about the big picture. So no, the healthcare providers are not appreciated in the sense of like the stimulus package. It's kind of insulting. Nothing's really being done for the healthcare workers. Financially, I don't know if they're doing anything now, but why, why was there not a stimulus or something first for the health to make sure they were taken care of if someone gets sick or sent home from catching um, COVID or having symptoms I do not know I think each hospital has their own policy I don't know if insurances are going to try to avoid it it just feels like a big hassle you know with the shortage on on um, PPE gear like masks and gloves yeah, it just feels like, to be honest, in that sense, we're not appreciated. Um, the people, like there's stories out there where someone went to grocery shop in their scrubs and they get like the, the evil eye. It's like, it's like, bro, don't, don't give that person the evil eye. They might have just saved somebody, you know? I don't know. It just, I don't know. You just show up to work and you're doing 10 times the work for the same pay. You're putting yourself at risk. But then I do want to say, I do want to say we are in the sense of, and it's the little things. I I personally haven't gone to eat. I'm a germaphobe right now. But Starbucks is giving like healthcare workers with their badge, um, like a free coffee or uh, certain places in certain areas will give like free sandwich or, or a free donut. And those little things kind of show like, hey, you do matter. I could speak. My director, even though we don't have money, I know one of my directors has bought specific gear that we might use out of that person's own pocket. So in the sense, yeah, there's some appreciation. And especially inside the hospital, we appreciate each other. But it doesn't necessarily feel like the rest of the world is appreciating. Like, especially when you hear things, and I don't blame them. I'm not hating on them. But when you hear things like people striking because they have to 
work in the grocery store or, or they have to do that. It's like, I get it. You say you're on the front lines, but are you really on the front lines? Like, are you really on the front lines? Sounds like you're on the back lines. Like, that's just my opinion. I hope I don't offend anyone. I probably I put my foot in my mouth a lot, but but the front lines are in the hospital. Like, yes, you guys are still, you guys should still have gloves, masks, and take the precaution, but, but you guys are able to avoid certain stuff. People in the hospital are not able to avoid um, the specific stuff. So, like I said, no and yes. No, it just seems like the outside world doesn't appreciate what we do. But yes, um, there is the little things. Like, for example, I walked, I walked down the stairs going into the hospital as I'm going to work. I don't know who did it, if it was an outside person, it was someone from the hospital. But big letters, they wrote, we appreciate you. We love you. Thank you. And physically, it got it gave me nothing. My life did not change. But emotionally and mentally, it it was like you know what, cool man. That that made it a little easier to walk. The day, it was like someone someone appreciates what we're about to do and what we're putting our uh, life in the line for. You know. I agree with you and everything you said. Uh, I I agree. 100% as far as saying yes and no. As far as healthcare professionals, are they appreciated? I think in this day and age, and with everything that's gone through, I don't think there's a person that does not appreciate uh, any type of healthcare professional or, for that matter, any type of uh, first responders uh, that are out there in the world. Do I feel they're undervalued in a sense of where, you know, they're not getting like hazard pay or they're not getting any type of, uh, you know, financial compensation for the hours and like endless hours they are putting in? I 100% agree with that. As far as where you're talking about, it's the whole morale of everything. Uh, the morale is super low and I'm sure it's continuing to go low because every day it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And we're on finally what they talk about, you know, flattening that curve to the point where you know, we're stopped doubling in deaths and we stop doubling as far as coronavirus patients that are actually, you know, turning up and like that numbers keeps on going up. It's a constant battle. It's a war that you guys are going through every day every day is a different war you don't know you know what today is going to bring and that's a huge morale dump and i'm sure everybody on there the stresses are high and i'm sure it causes a lot of like hostility in the workplace which doesn't make a fun environment for anybody involved so little things like you said this having that little morale booster of you know having we appreciate you and seeing that and knowing what you're doing is actually meaningful and actually is doing something to make it a difference. That's the little morale booster that people need uh, to show what appreciation that we can give the first responders and the healthcare professionals to show them just how important they are during this whole time. Yeah. And there's like a lot of things too that you said, like Starbucks and things like that. Uh, I saw online uh, where people are taking donations as far as like food and whatnot, because first responders and healthcare professionals, you know, they're working so many hours, 80 hours a week or whatnot. Uh, you can donate meals. Uh, the local Lazy Dog, actually, they have uh, something on their page where you can donate 
50 to you know $100 and whatnot, though, and that proceeds goes to meals for first responders and healthcare professionals that can actually eat, which I think is great. Like little things that people can do just to kind of show their appreciation. I think it's yeah. truly that shows value in this day and age. No, I agree. I agree. And and there is, but I'm just kind of, my no and yes was just kind of how it first was and kind of how it is now. But it is definitely draining. Um, it's not easy uh, watching death um, over and over, uh, just knocking on the door. So, yeah, mentally and, and physically it can be draining. And my, my 12-hour shifts are turning into 16 our shift sometimes so so definitely uh, uh value us a nice sleep transitioning to the next question as everything as you just said is draining and difficult why don't you just stop working yeah so that's why i stopped at the other question because it was going to lead to it anyways i guess it's as simple as if we don't do it who will and that's just we know for the most part we know what we signed up for we never thought it would get this bad i'm sure it's crossed people's minds i can tell you that at both my places people have quit uh early retirement looked really good to them and so they took it and i don't blame them why wouldn't they you know you are the more uh the more likely you're going to get it anyway. So why not be cautious, retire early? Yeah, I don't um, blame them either. Yeah, some, so some have stopped working. There are the ones that uh, decided to uh, uh, take a leave of absence. And so some people have stopped working. It, it's not like everybody is showing up to work, which makes it harder on the people who do show it up to work. Everyone ha- can't stop going. Someone has to uh, to look out for for the people who are getting sick and keep showing up and do what they do. We're in, we're in a field where I guess compared to some, we're lucky we are able to still work. Maybe it's not the kind of luck that you would want, but yeah, I guess it's as simple as someone has to do it. And we know we, we signed up for So, so most of us are still, still there and we're still working and, and we're doing the best we can for you guys. But there's a thing going on, a trend that I've seen in, in both hospitals and uh, in other places where they're they're all carrying a sign that says, uh, we keep working so you guys could stay at home. And unfortunately, due to fucking technology, uh, when our podcast initially recorded for Sabria and I, it stopped right there. <laughs> Luckily, though, it was right on the last question. To go off of what he said, they know what they signed up for. Ultimately, they love their job. They're making a difference in the world. They're saving people. You know, I give all the credit in the world to all the healthcare professionals and all the first responders and everybody that's doing their part in order for us to get through this pandemic and to come out a much stronger and united, not only nation, but world. So as we leave it off right there, thank you everybody for listening to episode three of Two Fools Save the World. I hope this was informative. If you have any additional questions, feel free to leave a message on our podcast or reach out to us on social media and we will catch you in the next episode. Take care.